the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Now look at the verse again. The Holy Spirit also gives us might. The Holy Spirit gives us might. It enables us to do the things that God calls us to do. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. The Holy Spirit also gives knowledge. The word knowledge, it means perception. It means discernment. After Jesus resurrected, he spent some time with the disciples, and then he ascended back into heaven with God. According to Jesus, it was actually better for us that he goes and be with the Father so that he could send us a helper. This helper was the Holy Spirit. In today's message, Pastor Dan will be talking about the power, purpose, and role of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. There are many things that God calls us to do that we can only do by the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through us. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Revelation chapter 3 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Whatever your station in life is, the Holy Spirit will give you the skills to do it. Do you remember in the Old Testament, Solomon, when Solomon became king over Israel and the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and the Lord said to Solomon, what do you want? Ask me and I'll give you whatever you want. What an offer, right? You or I might say, let me have a couple days to think about that. So I want to have the good answer. I've got one, one shot here. I want to make sure I ask for the right thing. But Solomon immediately said he asked for wisdom. He said, give me wisdom. Give me the skills I need to be king over your people. And if you remember the story, Solomon said, I'm just a child. In other words, he's saying, I don't have any idea what I'm doing. Do you ever feel like you don't have any idea what you're doing? Huh. How about every other day, right? <laughs> Solomon said, I don't know how to go out and come in. <laughs> Do you know what he's saying? He's saying, I don't know how a king is supposed to leave a room or walk into a room. What's the etiquette? What's the protocol for a king? When he walks into a route, I mean, is he supposed to put his hand in his shirt as he walks in? Like, what is a king supposed to do? He says, I don't even know what the etiquette is. Solomon asked for wisdom. Give me the skills I need. Solomon asked for wisdom because he was very aware of his own inability. 
I don't have the skills. I don't have the understanding. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know how to do this thing. He had no confidence in his own ability. And and that's how we're supposed to be. You know, just this reliance upon the Holy Spirit. To not be uh, prideful or self-confident or think, well, I've got this, I can do this. I I know how to walk in a room, I know how to, you know. No, just this, this humbleness before the Lord. Lord, I don't have any idea what I'm doing. Lord, I don't know how to be a husband. I don't know how to be a dad. I don't know how to be a pastor. I don't know, to, I don't know Lord. I need you to give me wisdom. I need you to give me the skills. Because I can't fake it. Not for very long. The Holy Spirit gives us wisdom. The Holy Spirit gives us the skills. But a church like the church in Sardis, that church did not rely upon wisdom from the Holy Spirit, it relied upon its own wisdom and its own skill set within the church instead of the Holy Spirit. And that is a step towards death. That is a nail in the coffin of a church. When a church starts relying upon itself and its own wisdom and its own skill set and not relying upon the Holy Spirit or an individual, when you stop... uh, having kind of that desperation, that desperate need for God to help you. Help me, God. And just this reliance upon yourself. I've got this. I can do this. I don't need any help. Look at verse 2 again. The Holy Spirit also gives understanding. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. Understanding is knowing how to use the skills that you have. Understanding is knowing what to do. Wisdom is how to do it the ability to do it, but then understanding is knowing what to do with those skills now that God's given you. You know, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And what does the next line say? And lean not on what? Your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. The church in Sardis, at some point, they didn't start out this way. You know, any church that's truly a church of God, it, it, it begins as a work of the Holy Spirit. They didn't start out like this, but they, they've drifted into a place now where now they're relying upon their own understanding and not relying upon understanding that comes from the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And again, it's this kind of this independence or this self-confidence. Verse 2, again, the Holy Spirit gives us counsel. Man, how often do we need counsel? How often do we need someone to tell us what to do or how to handle something? And the Holy Spirit gives us counsel, advice, instruction, judgment, direction, direction about the future, how to proceed. You know, Jesus called the Holy Spirit the counselor. That's his name, the counselor. In Galatians chapter 5, it talks about being led by the Holy Spirit. Walking in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit. Where now the, the Holy Spirit is leading you and guiding you and instructing you and counseling you. Again, a church like the church in Sardis can choose not to seek counsel from the Holy Spirit. You know, it talks about in Acts where it seemed, it seemed right to the disciples and to the Holy Spirit. A church or an individual believer can get to the place where they it just it seems right to me. And I'm sure the Holy Spirit will bless it. 
They're just looking at their own counsel. Or they're looking to other people, other, you know, human beings <laughs> for counsel. Well what, well, what do you think we should do? I don't know. What do you think we should do? Where does that get you? I don't know. Let's, well, let's ask another person, see what they think. What do you think? I don't know. Let's go ask Fred. All right, Fred, what do you think? We start seeking human counsel. Instead of going to the wonderful counselor and asking him, Lord, what do you think? Lord, what should we do? Now look at the verse again. The Holy Spirit also gives us might. The Holy Spirit gives us might. It enables us to do the things that God calls us to do. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. The Holy Spirit also gives knowledge. Word knowledge, it means perception. It means discernment. You know, the Holy Spirit uh, will tell us the things that we need to know when we need to know them. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will give us a word of knowledge. That's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Where we have knowledge of things or an understanding of something that we shouldn't have knowledge of it. Where just the Holy Spirit impresses it upon your heart, puts it in your mind. And it's a supernatural thing. You can't replicate that with human wisdom. Supernatural. Now look at verse 2. Finally, the Holy Spirit, it gives us the fear of the Lord. A healthy respect and reverence for God. This is what the Holy Spirit does in a, in a person's life who is yielded to the Holy Spirit and surrendered to the Spirit and walking in the Spirit. This is what the Holy Spirit does in a church that is yielded to the Holy Spirit. The church in Sardis was no longer yielded to the Holy Spirit. They were no longer relying upon the Holy Spirit. I assume they were at some point in the past when they started but they're not anymore. They were relying upon themselves. And as a result, they lacked a sense of the presence of the Holy Spirit. They did not have wisdom from God or understanding from God or counsel from God or might from the Holy Spirit or knowledge from the Holy Spirit. They had to get all of that stuff from themselves, from the people within that congregation. And maybe most of all, they lost a healthy reverence for the Lord and a healthy respect for the holiness of God. This church became very carnal and very worldly, as we're going to see in a few moments. That's what happens in a church that starts relying upon itself. Well, one of two things will happen. That church will either become very carnal and very worldly and just kind of lower the standards or that church will become a bunch of religious hypocrites and phonies where they come together on a Sunday and everybody's got to look great on the outside, but on the inside, they're just full of corruption. But they've got to put on a good show on Sunday because we've got this standard that we're supposed to be keeping, but we're keeping it in our own strength, and so we can't keep it. And so everybody just kind of, you know, lies on Sunday to each other. Oh, great, great. Holy Spirit, yep. Praise the Lord, da-da-da. Yeah, everything's perfect. Kids are good. Wife's good. Marriage's good. Everything's good. And nobody's honest. Nobody's transparent. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. 
We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of and Ring so of So one of those two things are going to happen to a church like this. In the church in Sardis, this church became carnal. It became worldly. In fact, archaeologists have discovered the remains of the church in Sardis going back to the first or second century. You know where it was? The church, get this, it was in the back of one of the pagan temples. They were meeting in a pagan temple. Now, one of two things happened in that town. Either the Christians had such a strong presence and such a strong witness for Jesus Christ, and they were letting their light shine, and they were standing for Christ and standing for the truth, that, man, they just, you know, conquered the temple and replaced the pagan worship with the worship of Jesus Christ. But I would bet, just based on this letter, that probably the church became so compromised and so worldly that they felt at home meeting in a pagan temple because they were just like the pagans. Now, the church in Galatia also began to rely upon themselves instead of the Holy Spirit. And the Apostle Paul wrote to that church in in the letter to the Galatians. He said to them, Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by your flesh? Or the New Living Translation says, after starting your Christian lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? And that was the church in Sardis, just relying on their own human effort. And the church became carnal, and it became worldly. Beginning in verse 2, Jesus tells uh, the believers in Sardis what they need to do to recover. Jesus, listen, listen, listen. Jesus always gives you a way to recover. Always. He always gives you a way out of your sin. And that's what he does with this church. He gives them a way of recovery, beginning in verse 2. First of all, Jesus tells them they need to be watchful. Be watchful. Again, interesting that he's saying this to the church in Sardis, who historically, those people are not watchful people. Your translation might say, wake up. Wake up to your true condition. Wake up to what has happened to you. Wake up to the reality of your deadness. Wake up to where you are spiritually. Second, Jesus says in verse 2, Strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have, found, I have not found your works perfect before God. So the second thing he tells them to do is strengthen what remains before it dies too. So apparently there were some things in that church that they were doing that were spirit-led. And Jesus says, don't let those things slip too. Strengthen them. You know, dump all the stuff that you've been doing in your flesh and strengthen the things that are truly a work of the Holy Spirit in that church and focus on those things. Yeah, but if we do that, then we won't have all these things going on. People might find our church boring. Who cares, right? Jesus will be happy with it. 
A.W. Tozer said, if you look at the church in the book of Acts, if you remove the Holy Spirit from the church in the book of Acts, 90% of what they were doing would have ceased. If you remove the Holy Spirit from a lot of churches today, 90% of what they're doing would just continue on uninterrupted. That's the church in Sardis. Third, they need to remember. Verse 3, remember therefore how you have received and heard Hold fast and repent. Notice Jesus says, remember how you received and heard. He does not say, remember what you heard. What they heard, of course, was the gospel. They heard about Jesus, the message of Jesus, that he died on the cross for sins, for sinners, that he was buried and resurrected the third day. And if you repent and put your faith in Jesus Christ, you can have forgiveness and salvation. That's what they heard. That's what they believe. But Jesus says, That's not the issue. The issue is not what they heard. Their doctrine is not off. They need to remember how they heard it, how they received it, how they lived it out when they were new believers. They received the gospel by simple faith. And when they were first believers, when they were new believers, they depended upon the Holy Spirit for everything. They used to walk in the Spirit. Jesus, don't you remember? how you used to be? And maybe Jesus is saying that to you today. Don't you remember how you used to be when you were a new believer, when you were young in the faith and young in the Lord and you didn't know much and you just trusted the Lord and you trusted the Holy Spirit and you walked in the Spirit and you prayed about things and you asked the Holy Spirit to guide you and you asked the Holy Spirit to direct your steps and you asked the Holy Spirit to give you the courage to go talk to that guy. And you just allowed the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you for everything. Jesus says, remember how you used to be. And then Jesus says, repent. Which just means, go back to that. Go back to the way you used to be. Go back to relying upon the Holy Spirit. And he warns the church here in verse 3. He goes on. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. Jesus is coming. He's coming. Because they stopped relying upon the Holy Spirit, and they've become carnal, they've become worldly, they've lost their excitement about the return of the Lord. Worldly Christians don't really think about Jesus coming back. They're not looking forward to that. They're having too good of a time in the world. And here he just reminds them that he's coming. And when Jesus comes, we don't want to be found spiritually asleep or playing church or going through the motions. We want to be found watching and walking in the Spirit, yielded to the Spirit, led of the Spirit. Now look at verse 4. He says, you have a few names, even in Sardis, even there, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. There there were a few believers in that church in Sardis who did remain faithful to the Lord, who, who were yielded to the Lord, yielded to the Spirit, who weren't dead. It's interesting, in the churches of Pergamos that we looked at and Thyatira, with those two churches, Jesus said, there were a few bad among the good, And here with the church in Sardis, he's saying there's a few good among all the bad. That's how far this church has gone. And so this church, this church in Sardis, 
is mostly dead. Mostly dead is better than dead. So they're mostly dead, which means they're slightly alive. And now he gives a promise to the overcomers. He who overcomes, he who listens to what Jesus is saying and goes back to relying upon the Holy Spirit, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments And I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. What a promise. What a promise that Jesus one day will confess your name before his father in heaven and before the angels. Amazing that he's going to confess your name. Jesus said if If you deny me in this world, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. But if you confess me, I will confess your name before my Father and before his angels in heaven. And that's the promise to us, this this hope of heaven that one day we're going to stand there and our name is going to be on his lips. And he's going to say your name. And he's going to testify for you. He's going to vouch for you. And that is the only way that we get into heaven, right? Is if Jesus vouches for us and confesses us before his Father and before the angels. And then he says in verse 6, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Not just the church in Sardis, but to all churches, all believers, everywhere. You know, Maybe you're here and you're a Christian and you've been a Christian for a long time, but maybe you've gotten to the place in your life where you no longer rely upon the Holy Spirit. You're no longer walking in the Spirit. You're just kind of relying upon yourself, you know, relying upon your own strength. And the Lord Lord would say to you, don't you remember how you used to be? How you used to rely upon me? How you used to ask me? How you used to seek me? How you used to spend time with me. Don't you remember how humbly desperate you were when you were a new believer? Oh, Lord, help me. Lord, give me wisdom. I don't know what to do. Lord, give me understanding. I don't know what to do. Lord, give me the skills to do this. And I don't even know how to walk into a room or walk out of a room. Lord, help me. And the Lord would say, go back to that. Go back to that. Maybe you're here today and you look alive on the outside. You look put together on the outside. Everything is great and smiles, and, but on the inside you're dying. Or on the inside you're dead. And you feel empty. Well, listen, listen. Jesus loves to resurrect the dead. That's what he's all about. And I would say to you, if you would open your heart to him, call upon his name, that he would bring and infuse life into you. Resurrected power. You don't have to put on a facade for other people. You don't have to put on a fake face in front of others and cover up what's really on the inside. You know, Jesus said, come to me of your weary, your burden, and I will give you rest. I'll take your burdens from you, and I'll give you rest. me how I know and I say bring truer than the finest crystal 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Revelation, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Many questions might arise as you listen to these messages about the end times. If you're wondering about something you heard today, would you give us a call? Our number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about anything you heard today or to hear about how these messages are impacting your life. We'd also love to know about any prayer requests you might have. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. Would you be willing to pray for the ministry of Ring of Truth? So many listeners may be hearing life-changing news that they might not hear anywhere else. This is a tremendous opportunity to reach people who are lost and without a Savior. We value your prayers for these important messages that are going out. Pray that lives would be changed and that God's kingdom would greatly multiply because of the truth of His Word. Thanks so much for listening today. If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, we encourage you to go to calvaryec.com. Next time, Pastor Dan will continue on this peculiar book of the Bible. Revelation is one of the many that are curious about but find it hard to understand. We trust that God's giving you some clarity by listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.